This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. Are you wondering where the spark went in your sex life? Well, you can ignite it again. Join the Academy, connect with us, connect with other people in the community, and experience results. You can find passion and connection in your marriage again, and you can try it free for 30 days. Go to simplemarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. But every time I hear that, I always wait for that woman's voice to come on and say, you've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah, where was she today? Well, she's not. A, she's she's taking some time off. This time is Sexy off. Marriage Radio, though, by the way. Dr. Corey Allen, <laughs> alongside my wife, Pam. Hey, everybody. Where we are having straightforward, honest conversations because we do believe that the best sex happens in the marriage bed, and we want that to be true for you. Absolutely. Because... Lots of this happens just by starting the conversation. That's what gets it going. I think we've alluded to an email in the past about um, a couple that had just, he just started listening. And after eight years of not having sex, a month after starting to listen and having conversations, they had sex. That's incredible. I love that. (laughs) It's changing things and it's given them a framework because that's what Sexy Marriage Radio wants to do. And so we would love to hear from you. And how uh, what we say and the things we describe and discuss and explore impact you. We asked that straight out from last week's show. And we would love to hear from you on how it impacts you. You can call us at 214-702-9565 and leave us a message on the voicemail line. Or you can email us at feedbacksexymergeradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave any kind of comment or review if you so choose to help spread the word about what's going on here in Sexy Marriage Radio land, because this is March Badness time, <gasps> and the brackets are all busted They're up. jacked up. <laughs> Sometimes that happens in sex, too. <laughs> it just gets jacked yeah, up. Yeah, I wonder how many analogies we can make with March Madness oh, and the sex life. there's tons of times when the number one seed goes down and... <laughs> Anyway, so from last week, we talked. I brought up the idea of what if the, the fact that a wife and her response to initiation is actually could be reframed as initiation? Yeah, and you got some responses. We got quite a we few. Got, we got quite a few responses, and it's, it's funny because there are some that... We're kind of on board and agreed, and others mm-hmm. that were adamantly, uh, no, they're totally different. And I have to say, Corey, I'm thrown out here. From my perspective, I wasn't, I wasn't shooting straight. Uh oh, my wife was holding back. Because let me tell you, if you take that stance, it lets me off the hook. It was kind of a relief. From, do say, do 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 so, speak more. So, from my point of view. If you're looking at it as my responsiveness is initiation, whew, I have that burden <laughs> lifted off of me. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't need to go initiate. That makes it easy. That makes it easy. And to frame it, if, if you missed last week's episode, which I would encourage you, jump back a week and go listen to it if you didn't catch it. But it's, it's the idea of a lower desire, higher desire, that that's the, the framework we use at Sexy Marriage Radio Land. And the higher desire is going to be responsible for a bulk of the initiations. And there's the components of husbands, which was some of the emails that I had was alluding to, were frustrated because their wife just doesn't initiate. And it's like it's not even on her radar during the day. 
as, as the weeks unfold, it just doesn't even cross her mind. So I was just proposing a reframe of that, of what if a marker of her responsiveness is actually an initiation. And I love this because this is straightforward from a listener. It's been around for a while. I like John. And he says, Corey, understanding how reframing can be helpful, but totally disagree. <laughs> Go, John. <laughs> I love it because it's, by definition, response is not initiation. One does not respond spontaneously. Response is what happens after a stimuli, which is an act of initiation by another. And so there, it's he's spot on with that. Certainly by definition, yes, they're not the same. I th- but I'm, I'm getting where your perspective is in that it, don't look at it as total failure if she's not the one initiating. And maybe she's that's, still interested. And maybe that's a better way to think of this is rather than doing baby out with the bathwater, that it all is an abject failure, that instead... What if she is responsive and that's actually an indication of her interest, of her willingness, of her... Her actually being into you. uh, Of being into you. So then it's not initiation. It's actually just a confirmation of the status of your sex life. Yeah. Because there is components of somebody's got to lead and somebody's got to take the risk and somebody's got to put the idea out there and and set set a tone and set the the course for the evening or the event or the interlude or whatever it might be in your marriage but there also has to be somebody that follows along and responds and pushes it one way or another and cuz there's I mean we could go a lot of different ways with this and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it necessarily with this show but there is an element of if your mate is responsive to your initiations and your leading and your suggestions of things, mark that in the good category. Mark that as, okay, well done for both of you, because there is a component of the lower desire partner maybe needs to work on being better at their responsiveness so that it isn't truly just a, let me just go through the motions. Let me just fake it and hope they don't pick up on it. Sure. Or let me just avoid it altogether. But it doesn't take away the power and the dilemma that maybe it was framed with a lot of the people that emailed in saying, no, you're way off base, of I still want to be pursued. I still want initiations coming my way. Yeah, and I totally get that. And, you know, from the perspective of what I just shared of, whew, I'm off the hook. Well, none of us need to take the lazy way out either. Yeah. So, so it's, it's up to me to show my desire. It's up to me to, to show that and make you feel wanted the same way that I want that right. in reverse. Right. Right. So there's probably, there's days when uh, he's, he's initiating again, but if that wasn't happening, I'd think, well, why isn't he coming after me? <laughs> There's a catch-22. Yeah, look what I just wore today, and he's not coming after me? What's he doing? You know, So uh, perspective is a word that we use a lot yep. uh, from both sides of the table is, what's your perspective? What are you coming at this with? Okay, well, let's keep going with that scenario then, Pam, because if you're talking about, look at what I just wore today, that's almost an initiation. It just wasn't as pronounced. Uh, yeah. It wasn't made known. It wasn't as overt as maybe the higher desire partner is more apt to be 
more overt because they're the higher desire in the component in the relationship. Yeah, I think that certainly there's uh, different ways to come at initiation um, from from the lower desire perspective. It is going to be things like that that aren't as overt that are, it may not be the blatant texts of right. maybe erotic things right. um, that, Very that come out. straight on suggestive. Right. Or maybe actually coming out in that sexy outfit. It's a little bit, well, I don't know. That's what I was just saying was it would be the outfit that would be worn. It's it's things that are more subtle. Well, okay. But we do got to go to a little bit of the nuance in the weeds of the psychobabble world that my mind's going right now of sometimes the lower desire partner that maybe they decide, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take the lazy way out. I'm going to be a good lower desire partner, which means I'm still going to up and try to be a part of this, not just by responding, but also by instigating and initiating too. I won't do it as much comparatively as my partner who is higher desire than me, but I will do it. I will pick up and have harmony with them. Yeah. So sometimes the whole fact that maybe, and we'll keep it in this framework of you as the female, she gets up and she puts on something that makes her feel sexy, but she also knows husband likes. Yeah. He may not pick up on that because maybe she got dressed in the dark. And so to her, that's actually a really big accomplishment that she's like, this is me initiating. It's just only me that knows I'm initiating. I haven't made it known to him my intent and my interest. So then it comes down to the lower desire partner's confronting of themselves to say, just because I maybe had a courageous milestone I just surpassed does not mean I'm going to get credit for it with other people when they don't know how much courage it actually took for me to do that. And we want confirmation because it makes us feel better. And, you know, so that that's the whole fear. It's like I've had times where I've alluded to this on past episodes of, I maybe have mustered up the courage to finally say something to you that I knew has had all kinds of tension and meaning laced throughout it. And I was scared to say it because I knew it was going to be disappointing or hurtful or frustrating or whatever. And I finally do it. And I'm proud of how I finally spoke my truth. And I finally, and you have no clue how much courage it took for me to do it because you're just like, okay, now I know. And now I'm dealing with it on my side of this thing. And we get so caught up in this that, I want my partner to read things and have the same meanings of things that I do, and they're just not going to. That's true. I mean... So then it comes down to the lower desire partner. When you have those times of maybe you've heard these shows and you're like, you're one of the sides where even as the lower desire partner, I, I read some of the emails that they get it and it clicked with them. It wasn't, I can now take the easy way out. They get it as, now I can maybe up my responsiveness to make it more known. I'm really into this. Okay. And that's a path to be more engaged. And it's just like you're saying of, if I fully believe this, then it allows you to possibly be lazy in this dilemma between us and this dynamic between us. Well, okay. You could always choose that. But there's also the component of, does that go against who you want to be in the relationship? Right. And so then you have to confront you about, wait, I know my partner wants this, and I know in the past this has meant a lot to them, or, all right, well, maybe I need to start doing some of those things again, too. And I then move it from the world of 
inner self to behaviors and to actions that those can be misinterpreted still, but it's less likely because I'm being more overt about it. I'm bringing it much more to bear. Okay. So, so the low desire person, if they're doing that thing, if, if they're getting dressed in the dark and not getting quote unquote credit for it because the other person doesn't really even right. get clued in on it. Do you just step up and start saying, well, hey, check out what I did? Well, I think that what comes to my mind would be, so you get dressed and you put on something that you that you like and you know husband likes too. And so you send a picture of the strap. Okay. <laughs> you know, or yeah. you send a full on picture of it. Hey, preview of coming attractions or something to that effect. This is like, I, I put this on just for you. And that's kind of a clear, I'm into you. This is an initiation. Yeah. This would, is a, when you get a moment, get home initiation. now, um, you know, because there's still always the, the dilemma of the way I would initiate is different than the way you would initiate. So it's not that we have to do it each other's way. It's just, we've got to be more refined in understanding and influenced by, okay, what speaks to my spouse and what speaks to me? And how yeah. do I be good with both of those? But And when you do things like that, when when I'm initiating and it's out of the norm for me, it creates that tension, that struggle, mm-hmm. but it also creates more confidence mm-hmm. and it creates a little more excitement. It's mm-hmm. not just the same old stuff over and over. If you get bored with the way your spouse initiates, mm-hmm. if... It creates novelty. It, it creates novelty or... I don't, tension is the word for me because yep. you grow through things that are kind of struggle mm-hmm. rather than just being stuck in the mud. So send in that picture just of the strap. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Right. But sending that is like, wow, look at what I just did. This is my first thing that I did. And the hope would be you actually reap benefits of that as a lower desire because it actually creates some endorphins in your own body of right. the well, novelty, that's what I'm the saying. taboo, the, wow, I, this kind of energizes me well, as that, well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking because, that again, that's how we grow is not through the easy way or through the normal way that we do it all the time, but through new things, new right. tensions um, that... They get the mind and the body working. I get it. And so to frame all of this together, I just think of it in the terms of how do we just make sure as a higher desire or a lower desire, we have more awareness of the the dynamic between us, the interplay between us, the reframing of things for possibilities between us. Because it's not that a reframing is the cure-all to everything. No. But it, it, there, it does create opportunities to then say, you know what? I do like it when you respond to my instigations of things. Because that tells me it's working and you're interested. And yeah. you're not just somebody placating me going through the motions. It actually does create some biological things. Right. Well, a reframe is what it takes. I mean, how often do you create change if you don't reframe something if you keep <laughs> it in the same context True. it's never going to change it's the fixed mindset that it you never create variables or possibilities of something different because yeah. it always is what it is and yeah that's how you create societies that eventually crumble <laughs> and fall yeah 
That reminds me of the phrase that came across my email inbox this weekend of Henry Ford was once if he he actually made the statement of if you were to poll people back then when he was first coming up with the automobile, what do they really want? They would say faster horses because they had no concept of the automobile. Yeah. So if he stuck to what people wanted. Someone else would have had to come up with the automobile. Yeah. Yeah. Would we still be just riding around on donkeys? (laughs) Maybe so. Okay. So this goes to another scenario that I want to pivot towards. It still fits because it's the differences between a higher desire and a lower desire. But it's the differences of the components of what means connection for each person in their relationship. Okay, like when one person, like if you're busy, so let me just do a hypothetical situation. Okay, okay. so we'll we'll name the characters of our play, hypothetically speaking, Corey and Pam. <laughs> okay, that's creative. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no one's going to crack this code. No one's going to crack it, and because they hear about this all the time. Pam is a tax person. Interesting. And so she's busy during this time of year. She must be a pretty interesting person. She's very interesting. And so the time that she gets to spend with Corey is limited because of just work uh, priorities and work things just because of the season. So when they get time together, sometimes they could hypothetically have a component of frustration of she just wants to hang out and just be with Corey, because he's really cool and he likes he's worth being with in this hypothetical story we're talking about. And he wants to have sex with Pam because he likes Pam. Okay. Okay. So you get into these scenarios where one of them is trying to push their agenda on the other, and the other's going, I'm trying to push my agenda on you. Why are you not getting it? And it's a war of wills, if you will. I just want to be, but no, I want to have sex. So how do you navigate this? I mean, is that uh, th- this this would ring true to people in the hypothetical story we're talking about? I'm thinking about. this rings true to a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing. Okay, because how do you then confront this better? Because this is a scenario that I would put this in the category of this is not one of the issues in marriage that can be solved. It's meant to be lived through. Yeah, this this happens to everybody in different phases of life. Um, whether you're parents with newborn babies or, uh, you know, a a spouse that's in the military, maybe you're Mm -hmm. back together again. And um, how do we make that transition back? And I need some time to just be with you and uh, get to know you again. Well, and I also think of it in the context of she wants connection to want to have sex. He wants to have sex to have connection. I mean, yeah. that's how you boil it down. Yeah, it's kind of this opposites world. And so that's out there in all kinds of different scenarios. I think, obviously, key number one is understand, trying to understand one another, at least that open line of communication of yep. here's what I'm looking for. And sometimes it's hard to bring that up. It's hard to think, He's going to get mad or feel like I'm going to get the cold shoulder mm-hmm. if if I don't just have sex mm-hmm. and make him happy. Or when you do, then you get kind of mad because maybe a little resentful because it's, I just wanted to be with right. you. Right. I just wanted to spoon or I just wanted to watch <laughs> a movie and hold your hand. Just hold me without your hands hand. roaming all over me. Yeah. Just, just be still with me. Yeah. Yep. 
And so that is a hard road to navigate. So it, to me, it comes down to you're on to the right key, I think, of first is it's communication. It's, it's being upfront and aware of what am I looking for yeah. and wanting and being willing to put it out there with as least attachment to outcome as possible. Right. And realizing that you can't not not communicate. Yep. I mean, you say that all the time, but even if you're not saying the words, somehow in the body language, you're communicating what you're thinking. Yeah. It just may be in really bad body language, which creates even more tension okay. potentially between the two well, of there's, you. Well, there's also systemic pressure because if you've been with your partner, your spouse for any length of time, there's a known of what the preference is in this in these dilemmas. Yeah. Of I know they would rather just hang out, and I know they would rather be having sex. And so some of that is the systemic pressure you can't get away from because it's been created for so long. It's just the look is like, oh, you're thinking about sex. That's what you're wanting. And like, well, yeah. So it's, it's recognizing that's the pressure with, that's within a relationship, within a marriage for sure. So speaking about it, being upfront about it, um, if you are spooning and Corey and it's in our character is roaming all over with his hands. Then you grab his hand and you just hold it in one place. Say, no, I just want to be. And you're willing to take the hit if he's upset about that, because that's the reality of marriage. That it's, this is the, this is, this goes into the category of the emails that we get a lot at feedback at sexy of how do I say, I need to say this to my mate, but I don't want to hurt them. I don't want them to be upset in my whole, that's the two choice dilemma of I'm trying to say something that I know is going to provoke a response and an anger or a frustration or a hurt, but I'm trying to be able to say it and not have them respond in that way. You can't. Can't. You just say it and then you handle their response. So that's the same kind of thing of, hey, I just want to be, or hey, I just want to have sex because I know I mean, the flip side of this is, I know you want to just hang and be. How about we do that after we have sex? How about you meet me, then I meet you? Or And you just propose because we just we feel our way and we navigate our way through this. And it doesn't always work the same time, same way every time. Right? True. True. Sometimes the, the nuances kind of are like, wow, the stars just aligned and the holding got me going. So let's move on to what you want to do now. And... And I think it's recognizing within this, how do we confront ourselves in this to know me being who I want to be in this moment and asking for what I want in this moment, and then in fact, maybe getting it and that being hurtful or painful or frustrating to my mate doesn't mean it wasn't still important and tender and good. It's confronting me. It is. And knowing I'm okay with being quoted, quote unquote, selfish, if that's what I want right now, because I don't think I'm doing this to someone else's detriment. I'm doing it because that's what I'm looking for right now. It is. It is. You just got to be ready to maybe face the other person not being pleased. I mean, well, and, and, and be you've got to be able to take to, that. And you got to be willing to, to face the pressures of what the other person's wanting, too. Because it's not, I mean, you giving in to them just to placate them in hopes that they won't be mad is just as destructive as you demanding your own way all the time and never giving in to theirs. 
right? That's the pressure of a relationship. I see the wheels spinning I'm thinking, in my wife's I'm, head. Yeah, I'm trying not to <laughs> speak before I think. <laughs> gotcha. But it's I, I do the opposite. That's why we... We <laughs> right. <laughs> I speak and then I think through it. Oh, maybe no, I may not want to say that. Mm-hmm. Back but, up. But it's still that component of the pressure of a relationship is designed like this. That's what I believe. That us being our quintessential best selves requires us confronting and dealing with these pressures better. Not hoping the pressures go away, which is what I think most marriages want to do because it just makes it easier. Yeah, and well, then the pressure's just going to build because it's that on top of something else on top of something else. So we got to learn. We do have to learn to deal with it. I mm-hmm. guess that's why people are listening to shows like this, yep. right? Because this is helping them think through those scenarios. And hopefully people are going away from this and discussing with their partner, hey, do we do that? Is there something better that we could do in this scenario Yeah. to to make our marriage stronger, to make our the way we communicate, the way yep. we talk to each other better, um, or a, a stronger, more productive way to, to talk to one another right. about how do, the how scenario. Do we, how do we deal with things that we can't solve better? Yeah. And what's my role in it? How, where am I in this scenario? I mean, that's where years ago the book came out, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. And it gave descriptions of four different characters within it. And those mm-hmm. weren't named Corey and Pam and our, like our hypothetical story that we're talking right. about here. But it, it became such a success because it framed the four different categories of how we deal with change. Right. That there's there's basically you can put them into quadrants of four. And if you want to know what those are, get the book because I can't remember them right now as we're talking. I can't remember the names. But mm-hmm. um but it helped kind of look at here's the strengths of that person and here's the weaknesses of that person. Because that's who we are as humans. That there's a strength of the higher desire partner and there's a weakness of the higher desire partner. And the reverse is true too for the for the lower desire. That if somebody wants more connection, they're the higher desire partner for that. So in this scenario, Pam is the higher desire uh, in the just be category. Whereas Corey would be the lower desire in that, in that scenario. So it's just realizing within that interplay, how am I being the best of that continuum? How am I being the one that if I'm the higher desire for sex, then that means I'm going to do the bulk of the initiations. I will get rejected. I don't erupt and ruin my chances for again by the way I handle rejection. I just see it as a long game, and it's a process of evolving because this is not a puzzle that could ever be solved. And the way that each of you handles that just encourages movement the other way from the other partner, I think. The way that the higher desire spouse reacts to uh, positive and negative Mm -hmm. things from the lower desire, that encourages... um, potential more movement into the lower desire, maybe initiating next time or taking that stance. Because look at it through this, through this scenario of if you're the person that's the higher desire partner for sex. And when you get rejected by your spouse, you crumble and pout and get angry. That gives them more ammunition to reject you. Because it's not appealing, it's not attractive, it's not something that's inviting and alluring. 
So it's almost the self-fulfilling prophecy of... True that. Wow, I'm in a predicament that if I don't give in, you can't handle you better. So now I have to either give in just to placate and keep the peace, which that sets a scenario that's really, really dicey in a marriage because then you're leaning in on each other and basically the higher desires needing to be propped up emotionally for their own identity rather than, you know what, when I start to confront me better and handle rejection better as a higher desire mate, now all of a sudden I'm taking away excuses. And you're a lot more attractive. Well, I would hope it's seen that way when you start growing on both sides of this equation as spouses. Yeah. But I'm also taking away excuses. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm saying... Look, and this goes back to the shows we did a while back on the power of the third, mm-hmm. that if I'm living an attractive life, I don't flaunt that and use that as a weapon, but it is noticed. Yeah, it and absolutely I would hope is. In most cases, it's noticed by my spouse who then sees the pressures of, look, I've got, I want to keep what I've got. So what's my role in this? And that's how we start the change because I start to look at, Okay, it's even just how we began the show, Pam, of you even admitting I held out and said, well, if you keep that view, that makes it easy for me. I don't have to initiate. Well, okay, if that's who you want to be, that's going to come clean and come true. Oh, it certainly will. As time goes on, because we can't hide in marriage. And we've got almost 25 years in this, and so I think I know you fairly well. Yeah, I'd say so. So it's seeing this as, all right, now that we're confronting ourselves, though, that's what changes the entire ball game because you're basically saying, you know what, I'm going to handle me better and I'm going to start to be who I believe I can become and want to become. And then we're going to see where we go next with that. And then we'll unfold. And that's the energy and the passion and the power that makes marriage and sex within marriage such a sacred bond and such a wealth of limitless energy and passion if you start to view it through that lens. Because then you get into the scenarios of, well, I just want to be versus, no, I want sex. Well, okay, you can't solve that. All you can do is be the best you on your side of whatever that equation is. And then you see what the ne- the pressure leads towards next time. Right, right. Be strong for one another. So this is kind of the yeah. concept of... Um, If you're in a predicament like this, like our hypothetical Corey and Pam, which, you know, no one knows who we're really talking about. No one knows. Right. Yeah, that's all code. Very good. Um, But this this is the whole idea of you could be really, really mad at the wind or you can adjust your sails. Oh, that's a great analogy for it. Because that's really what we have to do. Yeah, because this is here no matter what. Right. This is the pressures. This is the pressures of a sexual monogamous relationship. Yeah. That's just what it is. And so when you look at it through that lens, it's not that you have to give in all the time, but that is the pressures you cannot avoid. So it's do you want the struggle and the tension within you or between you? Because it's going to end up being both. Yeah. So use those to the best of your ability to grow yourself up, put pressure in the good way and the tension on your spouse to do the same, and then magic happens. I like that. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us.